Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how are you? I'm, I'm doing really well on another beautiful day in paradise. Did you have a, a good weekend off? No, no practices for Miami this weekend for Easter. I know. Really, really great weekend off, and, and also this weekend because – you know, the yep. Next- scrimmage is Friday, Friday. Rather than Saturday. Like it usually yeah, is. I like that. Yep. Uh, so Miami, obviously back at it this week with a couple of spring practices. And uh, we are uh, rapidly sneaking up on the, the end of practice here. Um, they practice twice this week. They have a scrimmage on Friday. Uh, again, will not be open, uh, but we'll get a little, I guess, practice report with some video and some some. Uh, select quotes from Manny Diaz. Um, and then that is just three practices left after that. We get two uh, in the middle of next week. Again, they'll still be closed. Uh, but then the spring game, we are uh, just about a week away from the spring game when most people are going to be listening to this. So um, all the, the speculation, all the, all the, the reports we've heard coming out, we'll get a, a little bit of a indication of how accurate they are um, when Miami hits the field uh, at Hard Rock Stadium on, what is it, April 17th, I think, whatever that Saturday is, April 17th. Mm -hmm. Um, So two practices this week uh, that did not scrimmage over the weekend, but still um, that's kind of the big, the last big pivot point we have had. Um, On Tuesday, uh, we got to hear from Jake Garcia for the first time as as a Miami Hurricane, also Tyler Van Dyke kind of updating us on the quarterback situation. I also got Rhett Lashley today with some insight there. Um, I guess that's kind of been the, the big story of, of the week is, is that as it has kind of been every week, but this is actually a chance to maybe glean a little bit more insight um, about the battle to be Dara King's backup slash eventual replacement slash uh, fallback plan. If Dara King can't play, um, what, what stood out to you from talking to those two guys earlier this week and then hearing from Rhett Lashley uh, earlier today on Thursday? Well, Jake Garcia was, uh, was great, um, very poised, smooth, um, very likable. I mean, I had talked to him, you know, at length before by phone, um, and, uh, you know, he's, he just seemed, he seems very comfortable and, um, you know, thumbs up so far. Of course, there's, there's not, not a lot of pressure right now, but uh, he was great to talk to. Um, and, um, and I think he, I think he is doing well. Um, and uh, I mean, I, Van Dyke also, you know, again, very honest, just, just like I thought before, very frank. He says, he says, I, what he says, I think, is, is the truth. Whatever he says is what he believes. And um, the coaches haven't really – I mean, we did get Rhett Lashley today, but um, he, he, he didn't say – he didn't really say much. He did talk about um, the running backs, you know, at length. And that was interesting. Barry Jackson said something on that today. Um, that was the – that was really the most specific thing he talked about where he really gave details and it and an opinion, you know, so that was good stuff. Um, everything else, uh, they're, they're, 
they're playing it very it's just very uh yeah they're they're being cautious with the quarterbacks and uh we're going to talk about in the second half of this episode we're going to kind of run through some of the the storylines that um the coaches and the players are kind of painting from behind closed doors and, and just how we kind of feel um about them and and how real all the talk is but they're they're clearly being cautious talking about the quarterbacks and ultimately probably for good reason um as manny said on tuesday uh he was asked if the season started tomorrow who would be the starting quarterback um and as you know he basically said there's if you're gonna put money on it still bet on number one bet on Derek king being the quarterback so they don't really have to necessarily like pick a favorite they don't necessarily you know Right. The deal he lists as number two on the depth chart at quarterback. You think of last year. Um, I think Tyler Van Dyke and, and Nikosi had that or between their names all season long. It, you know, it, it doesn't matter who the backup quarterback is. Ultimately, it matters internally, but but from the outside, there's no, you know, they could be, they could theoretically go through the entire season with Jake Garcia being the backup, and we could have no idea just because, you know, Derek plays every snap, every meaningful snap. Um and I think that will change this year. I, I, I don't know. I, meaning, I, Derek's a guy, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just think because of the injury, there are going to be certain situations. I, I just, I. Yeah, I mean, this, yeah. this is a year where actually the backup is probably important. But right. there's always a chance. You know, there, there's no need for them to rush to judgment there and and kind of. Uh, show their hand about who's the leader but the, the running back thing as you mentioned was, was pretty interesting um last year yeah. Miami was there I mean Cam Harris was like the clear number one back um I don't have the numbers up in front of me but he he definitely was led the team in carries um right. I think by a pretty substantial number um but you know Don Chaney got a lot of touches Jalen Knighton started a game yeah, Cam Cam had 120 carries, 126. Cheney had 68. Knighton had 52. So he was like the clear like lead guy, but it really was kind of a. I'd say it was pretty much a three-headed kind of thing where it was, guys would, it was it would alternate series. Like I said, Cam didn't start every game. Um, it sounds like Lashley wants to be maybe even have the the top guy have an even bigger split rather than cam was ultimately kind of at about 50 percent of the running back carries when you throw in a couple of robert burns ones also um when he says he wants to have like a lead workhorse it, it sounds yeah. like he probably wants the top guy to have an even greater share than that 50 or so percent which is pretty yeah. interesting because they I, I feel like they have three good running backs yeah well i mean he's, he said today he, he wants one you know one primary back yeah and, and look around the country, and that's what most people do. And he's saying everybody can, uh, you know, everybody can have an impact, but, um, but you know, they'd like to, you know, get one guy and kind of stay with him. And I guess if he's not, doesn't have the hot hand, you can go to another guy. But I, yeah, I, um, I think that's better. Or whoever you, whoever, has the ball and is doing well or the, the one primary guy you should s- stick with as long as you can um and then if you need to change up the rhythm a little with a different style okay depending on the situation but i last year it seemed there was no rhythm to me and it's hard to throw a guy out there when he's cold yeah i, don't know, 
I guess it's a catch 22 in a way, but, um, and, and you need to, you do need to keep, you do need to keep guys somewhat in, in the game because um, if I've said this before and every year, every year, it seems like some running back gets hurt and that's, right. um, and, um, yeah, you, 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 so you, they all have to be warm a little bit and ready to go. Um, but, um, I think it's better to have one. Yeah. Especially because all three of them, like I said, are, are pretty good. They all average, I think four plus yards to carry. Yeah, they are, um, but they I'll tell you what I find this interesting. I haven't heard anybody talk about Cam Harris, Cameron. Yeah, because he, he kind of had, had his ups and downs last year, right? He got benched at one point. But he ultimately did, you know, he ran for 5.1 yards per yes. carry. That was the most on the team. Um, 10 touchdowns, most on the team. Like I said, had yeah. doubled the carries of pretty much anyone yep. else. Uh, any other running back, led the team in yards, obviously. Um, he was good last year. Like he wasn't yeah. incredible, and he was really good in the actually in the bowl game too. Like he ended on a high note, um, but yeah, it, that is interesting. That um, you know, you do wonder how much do they feel he is maxed out, right? Like 126 carries for 643 yards, pretty good. You know, if he got 150 carries or whatever, that's probably you know 700, 800 yards. But could he be? Uh, like does he have that thousand yard ceiling in him that's it's an unknown right now and um Cheney and and Knighton obviously were really impressive as freshmen and I I think you know Miami I think I think it's fair to assume that the ceiling for either one of those guys is higher than the ceiling for Cam whether they will hit it by next year when Cam is a senior and they are sophomores uh who knows but like senior year Don Chaney or senior year Jalen Knighton um, has a chance to be, I think, you know, it's probably going to be better than, than senior year Cam Harris, um, which is, you know, I, th- I feel like Miami kind of knows what it has in Cam and is still to a degree kind of waiting to see what Chaney and Knighton, what the next steps they can take are. And, and uh, yeah, and I, I think uh, I'm, Wondering about Thad Franklin. Yeah, Thad Franklin and um, Cody Brown. Uh, Brown. The name now. Who's the other? There's Cody Brown. Brown, the fresh, the other incoming freshman. They've got five former four-star running backs. Plus, Robert Burns is still around, right? Or is he? Uh, no. Uh, wasn't he in the transfer portal? I. I think. Yeah, I think so. But so yeah, four. Thad Franklin. Uh, I like him. I don't. Yeah, I have in the transfer portal. Yeah. What was that? Burns in the transfer portal. Yeah. So I thought, um, but Thad Franklin, um, he's supposed to be really good, right? Yeah. I mean, he was our uh, Broward County Player of the Year as a junior. Had some injuries this last year, um, but uh, well, actually, he was our small schools Broward County Player of the Year when he was a junior. Jalen Knighton was our our big schools Broward County Player of the Year. Uh, so. You know, he's, he's a big, big, like, I, I don't know if he's going to play a huge role. He, he could have a, a, a place. Him and Cody Brown, I think, are both kind of similar in that they're, like, powerful runners. Like, either one of them could be a goal line guy. I don't necessarily see either of them surpassing any of these three right away. But it's more competition, obviously, and 
um, you know, like I said, I think they kind of know what they have with Cam. These other two guys who are on campus, plus two guys they haven't seen in person really yet, are, um, you know, they're, they're mystery boxes, right? It could be anything. Yeah, there's, that's a lot of, yeah. And that's, I mean, it's such an important position. If you want to have a good passing game, you've got to have that running game. Yeah. It's got to. So, um, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what'll happen. I, the cam, the cam factor, the Cameron Harris is, is going to be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is interesting. He did, he, I mean, he came back, right? Like he could have, if he thought he and, was getting squeezed out, yeah. he could have gone to the NFL. Not that he would have gotten drafted probably, but he would probably be on a training right. camp roster or whatever. Or he could have transferred. And a lot of schools would love to have Cam Harris, but he's sticking around. So I don't know. And they were very effusive. The coaches were really effusive when he came back. We just haven't. uh, Yeah, he was. Look, he was frustrated, Cameron Harris, at at various points last year. And he let us know it. (laughs) He let the media know it. And he wasn't very talkative to us. You remember that? Yeah. You know, and I think they're just kind of keeping them away a little bit. Mm-hmm. So another mystery that we'll find out actually on the, at the scrimmage. Yeah. Excuse me, at the spring game. We're all, we'll talk about that next week, but that's the one thing that all of us, all of us are looking forward to, you know? The spring game? Yeah. And they, yeah. and maybe they're, maybe they're just going to keep it really vanilla. It's going to be on TV. You know what? Just, vanilla would be great. Vanilla ice cream is great when you haven't had any ice cream in a while. That's true. <laughs> I love vanilla anyway, but <laughs> I do. But also, uh, it it gives it gives them a chance to to excel. So I, I, you know, of course, the defense wants to look good too. That'll be really interesting, man. About as far as uh, uh, as far as live. I mean, usually it's live. Yeah. But we'll, yeah. Yeah, with an injured, I know they they say he's fine now. Are they going to let him get tackled? I have no idea. They're going to let. Are they going to risk having the the quarterback get injured? Yeah, I, can't, I don't think the, the quarterbacks won't probably won't be live. I don't think. Maybe not in this. I'm trying to think in the spring game. Do they usually? Aren't they? Well, I don't think they were. Remember, like, because remember uh, two years ago, Tate Martell had that like giant game, and he was like running all over the place. They were tackling <laughs> him, so it was like. What are you talking about? That was in the bowl. <laughs> that, that was in the wait a second. That was in the the spring game in in Orlando. Yeah, but 2019. We haven't had a spring game in so long. Yeah, but remember in the bowl game. Oh yeah, in we uh, ever played then in um the Independence Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah, like he had like one snap. He was three snaps. Poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So um, yeah, the, the spring game will be good. It, it'll just be good because, you know, you can never get that much out of a spring game, right? Like I just said, Tate Martell like had an incredible performance in Orlando and we're all of a sudden like, Oh my God, is he like actually in the mix to start? And he was not. Um, but just the fact we haven't, we don't even know what like some of these guys look like basically at this point, right? We're seeing them from their chests up on zoom. Like, John Ford was telling us today how much weight he's lost. Navon was telling us how much weight he's lost. We, we have no idea, like, what these guys look like, how they move, who's gotten big, who, uh, like, who, who's gotten faster. Like, that's all stuff we'll be able to see from the spring game and stuff that we would normally be able to see from practices 
um, that we just have not been able to see at all this year. Right. Uh, before we uh, transition to uh, our, our little game we have in the second half here, um, what uh, one more scrimmage on Friday. Um, we're, again, we're not going to get to see it. What, uh, what's there to watch for, do you think? Um, well, see, oh man, I hate to be a doubter, but we're not going to really know. I mean, we, we, I, we, the linebackers, <clears throat> how are we going to know if the linebackers did really well? They'll tell us somebody had a certain amount of tackles, I guess. Yeah. And they haven't been doing that. If you notice. I don't, yeah. Which makes me think none of those guys are putting up big numbers, right? Yeah. And, and, and right. And defensive line too and i guess they weren't you know they're not totally live they were i don't think they were totally live in that first scrimmage right so um it's a little different situational this one will be yeah i mean this this situational also um but you know manny i asked manny you know what what the uh what what the format is and he said they try to do a game situation but situate they still stick in situations They'll still stick, stick, stick in, uh, you know, from the, from the, you know, from, you know, two or three yards out goal line situations. And so if somebody throws the touchdown, I think that gets reported to us as a touchdown. Yeah. You started on the three yard line or something. Right. So it's, it's hard. It's really hard to tell. I'd like to know how the defense does, but again, they can't, they can't touch the quarterbacks. And so, and I think that's one of the reasons the quarterbacks, I, I, no matter what anybody tells me, I do think that's one of the reasons the quarterbacks backs, excuse me, are more successful in the scrimmages because they yeah. know that they, they, I know they stopped the play, but they know they're not allowed to get tackled. So that fear factor is gone. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. Um, I yeah, so I, you asked me, I'd like to know about the defense, okay? But yeah, I don't know if we will, but yeah, that's the big question remaining. Um, and then they, the thing you like to write about is the offense because it's, it's a little easier and to imagine and a little juicier. And uh, so, I don't know. Manny always says if one you want both to do well and they both can't do well, or I guess they can in different areas. But I, I think... Right. I think the corner, you know, we'd like to know about the DBs uh, and. Yeah, I think the the linebackers, defensive ends, kind of the same things we talked about last scrimmage that we just, we didn't get answers on them yet. We're, We're still waiting for answers there. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. 
All right. Um, let's finish up with a, a game here. I don't really have a creative name for it. Um, how about like basic? Yeah, you have some truth, truth or fiction? Yeah, it's something like that. Uh, is it a smoke or smoke or fire? Something like that through the smoke or through the fire? Um, basically, uh, as we talked about at the top. We've not been able to see a single second of practice today, this year. We've seen a little bit of video clips from scrimmages, some photos, um, obviously like some sourcing and just like word from what's happening behind the scenes. Um, and then obviously Manny Diaz, Rhett Lashley, all the coaches, all the players talking about their observations, relaying them to us. Um, but it is obviously all, everything we have gotten this spring is through a filter. Nothing has been seen with our own two eyes. Um, so Miami really gets to control the message this spring. They really get to uh, tell us who's been doing well. They get to uh, ignore. They get to just totally not talk about someone when they're not doing well. Um, they get yep. to really focus on maybe specific things that guys are doing well, even when uh, overall maybe they're not doing super well they get to spin they get to spin a lot um so i've got five things written down here that i kind of think are some of the messages that miami is trying to spin at us uh so far in spring and we are going to go through them and basically say whether it's it's all talk whether uh it's it's just smoke or whether there is uh some actual substance to it we think again we have not seen anything uh, but as Susan likes to tell me all the time, she's got a really good gut with these things, right? I do. You got a good gut with Miami football. You've always got a hunch of like what's going on. Yeah, we all do, right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, so we talked about them a little bit at the top. But I, should we start with quarterbacks just because it's quarterbacks and that's where we always start? Sure. Okay. Quarterbacks. Um, I think the storyline that they are, are pushing at us, as we talked about, is kind of everyone's even, right? I think uh, the the facade that maybe Peyton Matoka is even faded a little bit on Tuesday when uh, they told us we were going to talk to all three quarterbacks, and then we only talked to uh, Jake Garcia and Tyler Van Dyke. Um, but they're still kind of painting this message that, first of all, that D.R. King is going to start opening day, um, and that the competition behind him is a dead heat between Tyler Van Dyke and Jake Garcia. Fact oh. or fiction, do you believe it? Well, wait, can I just, uh, I'm so sorry. I have to make a comment on the fact or fiction thing. I think, honestly, what they're trying to paint is that Tyler Van Dyke is, is ahead now. Ahead, yeah. yeah. And, and, or, or Van Dyke slightly ahead, I think, are the two. Uh, yeah. It sounds yes. like he's the one. He's the number one quarterback, right? It sounds like he's the first guy in the scrimmage, like playing with the ones and all okay, that. Okay. Yes. Okay. So if, if that's a, I would say, uh, that's fact. Right. It is fact that he is the, with the ones right now, probably. Well, yeah, I think, I, I think they're, I do think they're sharing reps. Yep. Uh, number one reps. I, I do think it's a fact that he's ahead in whatever way they want to rate it because he should be ahead. And this is where it gets a little dicey. He should be ahead. This is his second. Um, second he was, year. Second year. He was there for an entire year, learning the learning the brand new offense. Okay, 
And uh, he, no, he did not play. He played in one game or two games or through two passes, incomplete passes. But he had the, some COVID issues, right? He missed some time. He had COVID issues. Yeah, he had his own challenges. Um, the thing is, you know, like Lashley said, yeah, today he's doing well, but he, he should be doing well. Um, so in a kind of way, I think that's true, but I don't think it really means that much if you want to know the truth. I think, I also think it's true that Jake Garcia uh, has impressed them and, and, and look good. You know, again, who knows how easy it was, you know, what kind of defense and what kind of plays they were throwing and all that stuff. But I, I, I do think it's true that uh, Jake Garcia impressed them knowing that he only was um, allowed to play with the team the day before the scrimmage, March 26th, for the first time ever because of that foot injury. So um, I'm feeling optimistic. I'm still optimistic about Jake Garcia. I have a good feeling about him. I don't have a bad feeling about Tyler, but I have yes. a good feeling about Garcia. That's how I would put it. Yeah, I think that's right. I think Jake Garcia, again, we don't, we have not seen a single thing. I think we'll, we will get a really good idea of where he is through the scrimmage and quarterbacks. And I know I just kept using that Tate Martell anecdote to kind of totally contradicts this, but I think pocket passer quarterbacks, like you kind of get a sense of like, can they make the throws, all that kind of stuff. We're going to get a good sense of, of Jake, but what it what, what make gives me a good feeling about Jake is, all the stuff that I think both of us like heard about him coming in from talking to him, talking to some of his coaches about just like kind of like leader he was, the the attitude he has, that all seems to have been um, that all seems to have translated, right? That's kind of the stuff that people are raving about with him, right? Is the you know obviously you can make all the throws and stuff, but how many times has a, a highly talented quarterback come in? And have a bad attitude. Like, how many times have we seen that here? Every quarter, every four star, not every four star, but a lot of four, five star quarterbacks who've come in here in the last five or so years. Um, he's clearly like wired the right way. Like, he, he's not, yeah. he's not coming in expecting this to be given to him. I think obviously the fact that Derek is, is probably going to start probably just helps that, makes that easier. Like, you know, you know, when he right. signed with Miami. He knew he wasn't starting next year, um, but he's, you know, he does not kind of feel like this is his job to be handed to him. He's, he's here to compete. And I, I think um, that's, that's the kind of thing that you can judge the character. Well, or you, you can get it. You can try to judge a character when a kid is in high school and saying all the right things in interviews and stuff. Um, but you never know what it's going to be like once they actually get to campus. Um, that stuff that we've heard about Jake all seems to be true. Um, so far, I know it's only four months in or whatever, but still that that's a, a really positive sign. And like you said, you know, I, I, I think Tyler Van Dyke kind of is in a similar camp. He was not obviously not nearly as highly touted a recruit, although he was still a four-star guy coming out of high school in Connecticut. But um, I, I know he was another guy who just talking to him as he was uh, getting ready to come to campus. It, it always seemed like he had a good, good attitude, good head on his shoulders, all that cliche stuff and and that obviously has been true as well so far from what we have seen um so yeah i i think i think you're right that jake garcia 
has he done anything to like make them think that he's even better than he was when they got here? Probably not because they, they felt really highly of him. But um, right, he's doing everything that they would hope for. It sounds like right now. Yeah, yep, hundred percent. That's that's just that's just what I think. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't know. I don't know if his his upside is more up than Tyler's, but I just get that sense. But we'll have to see. Yeah. Yeah, and as as we said, you know, they're 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 kind of tempering expectations there. It'd be really easy to hype up a, a freshman like that, and they're, you know, they're they're choosing not to. Um, but he, he he might be worth it. Um, they're choosing not to, but they still are. Yeah, sort of on that same quarterback topic, Derek King, uh, at uh-huh. the start of spring practices, or I guess technically right before spring practices. I think Manny Diaz said he was, quote, smashing every benchmark in terms of his rehab. Uh, today, you asked Brett Lashley for an update, and he basically said, you know, it's still going on. Nothing really new to update. Um, there, the, right. the, the tone has changed a little bit. Um, I think they're, they're paying, you know, at first they were kind of painting a message that he was like a superhero, basically, right? And, oh, my God, he's going to come back so fast. He's going to be ready by the summer. They're still saying he's going to be ready by the start of the year. Um, yep. Where you you buy it? Do you buy all the 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 optimism, the confidence that Derek King is is uh, on this speedy path to recovery? I don't know. I honestly, I don't know the answer, but I do know that to that, I I do think they're smart to have tempered it a little bit. Yeah. Say it. They said he. he Rhett Lashley said he's doing excellent, okay, but, and, you know, he's, he's exceeding expectations, right, he said that, but, um, but he's saying, hey, there's no point in rushing anything, even if, whatever, he's Superman, he can't play now anyway, he could, we wouldn't let him practice now anyway, but they didn't, he said, not a whole lot has changed from what Manny and I have said, he's just, you know, he's doing well, um, I mean, he's human. Uh, so I, you know, D.R. King is human. So I don't know his body. We've been through this before. That That's really hard to know because he hasn't even, we don't even have fake stats. Right, yeah. <laughs> or stats or whatever. We just, we don't know. I, I do believe that he's a super hard worker, really smart. And it, whatever he can do humanly possible, he's going to do. But like I said, I mean, when you go out there and start cutting and running and, and think of his style of play, then then we're going to see a whole lot more. We might not see a whole lot more. <laughs> it might be the same kind of situation, but but for sure, it's not just he's going to go out there and boom, be cutting left and right, whatever. Now, now there's a lot that goes into it psychologically uh, and everything else when you get out there. So um, I think they're being smart in tempering it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the expectation is still that he'll be ready on time to play opening day against Alabama. Um, but I kind of do feel like when you, when you come out and you're like, he's smashing every benchmark. Um, it, it doesn't help anyone. Right. So I, I think they've kind of been smart to just like. It puts pressure on them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's not a, he's not a superhero. He's just a really good quarterback. Who's a hard worker and um, probably will have a, you know, 
probably will be back in time for the start of the season um, because of when he got hurt and the marvels of modern medicine. Um, All right. Next one. Uh, One of the biggest storylines, weirdly, that I feel like they just kind of kept hammering into us um, is Zach McLeod. And on uh, Tuesday, right, Tuesday, Manny Uh Diaz said uh, Zach's been kind of been one of the biggest surprises of the spring, making that move from linebacker to defensive end. Um, They've kind of repeatedly talked about how smooth he has made that transition um, to a position where Miami kind of really needs help. So is he actually the answer there at at defensive end for them? Like they're kind of uh, saying he might be. Uh, Implying he might be. I shouldn't say. I'm more skeptical about that one. I, I, I know Zach is a really good athlete. I know he's super smart. Um, but um, they, they, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't know if he's the answer. I, I, I don't have really any reason to think necessarily he is, but I'm not sure about the other guys either. Right. Yeah. To, yeah. I, mean, I think, I think he'll play right. Like, when you when you look at this depth, yeah, story, I do too. You got DeAndre Johnson. I think is the only guy who's like, I feel like he's going to be a starter just based on you know he was a starter at Tennessee and, and had a good right. year. Um, and then it's obviously question marks all around. And I lean toward <laughs> thinking that Jafari Harvey or Cam Williams is more likely to be that second starter rather than Zach McLeod, at least long-term. Me too. Me um, too. But I think Zach will, will play. He'll contribute. I think his versatility still helps. Miami likes to do that. Vipe, I think they call it their Viper position where it's a stand-up edge rusher who can drop back into coverage. They did it sometimes with Greg Rousseau a couple years ago. They did it sometimes with Quincy Roche last year. Um, I kind of think he's got, he's got a role to play because he's got a unique combination of, of skills and experience. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm on a definite wait and see mode with McLeod at defensive end. Yeah, I am too. They're, 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 uh, you know, they're hyping him up and, uh, and they should, I mean, that's. They like, I mean, he, when you, when you get the, it's, they like him, right. They want him to be great. He's a, a, an important yeah. leader to this team. He's been here as long as pretty much any, as long as anyone. Um, not in college as long as anyone, because Jared Williams is going on like eight years or whatever, but been at Miami as long as anyone. So, um, you know, I, th- I think they are impressed by how he's making this transition. I just don't know, you know, are, are we grading him on a curve, basically? Yeah, I th- that's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, okay. two more. Um, next one I got is the wide receivers. And the 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 tidbit of news from this week that, that kind of stood out to me was, I think it was Manny on Tuesday, right? Saying they want to use six to eight guys um, or they think they can have six to eight guys play. Um, so, you know, let's say they've, they've got three, they got the three starters returning Harley Pope Wiggins. They got Charleston Rambo coming in. Um, then they've got a lot of freshmen who still are just kind of all sizzle so far. You know, we've, we've seen Keyshawn Smith catch deep balls and, uh, apparently he was good in the scrimmage. You got Xavier Restrepo, who played a little bit last year, most on special teams, um, and apparently was incredible in the scrimmage. I think he was also incredible in a preseason scrimmage last year. Yeah. Um, 
You got uh, some freshmen coming in who we haven't seen yet. Can they get six good receivers out of this group like, like they're saying they want? I, I don't, I don't think – They really I, only used three guys. I think that's more – I think – I don't think they're going to rotate six to eight guys. Yeah. I, I think – I don't remember them. I feel like I said the same thing last year, and then they basically I, played three guys exclusively. Yeah. I think Manny – Diaz said that, yeah, first he started by saying three guys. <laughs> and then he said, oh, but I, you know, we'd be fine with six to eight if we could, if we can. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it right now. No, I don't, I don't see it. They Now everybody has talked up Xavier Restrepo. Mm-hmm. So, um, but then again, you know, he did it in the first game last year. So in the first scrimmage, I mean, um, you know, even even uh, on even on uh, Thursday, Rhett Lashley today said um, he said he, that he lays it on the line. Where Strepo just gives you everything he has, lays it on the line. He plays so hard that the ball finds him, and he's successful. I feel really good about that. I I do be, I do believe that. Uh, they're all impressed with him. The question is, can he, you know, can he keep it up? Um, yeah, the wide receivers are kind of the one position I feel like we have been most, um, I don't know, BSed about over the last uh, year, right? Yeah. Like they, they do that depth chart where they put nine different starters, co-starters, and then they literally don't change anything. And, you know, yeah. like they, they've been trying to, well, they've been trying to make, you know, it's like Mean Girls. They've been trying to make fetch happen, right? With these, uh, with the uh, the rest of these freshman wide receivers, and it's not happening so far. Um, it doesn't mean it's I not mean, happening now, but just like we have, we still haven't seen it. I kind of, I'm, I kind of am with you on Xavier Restrepo. I kind of am in on Keyshawn Smith again. We talked about that. I think in our very first episode of the spring, where it was really interesting that he was like the first wide receiver they brought out to us. So I think maybe they can get to six. Um, at least, you know, if you count Pope and yeah. Wiggins, who we just have like not really heard anything about this spring. Um, yeah, I, that really makes me wary. Yeah. I mean, even today, you really don't hear much about Pope and Wiggins. He, yeah. In fact, Lashley said he was like naming people, right? Right. Who you've got to hope, uh, you know, Oklahoma transfer receiver, you got to hope he's going to do something in there. But he, like he says in passing, uh, feeling really good about Charleston Rambo. And then he just named guys, D. Wiggins, Keyshawn Smith. And then he says, and even Mark Pope and even yeah. Pope. And I'm like, ah, okay. So he said, we're on the right track, but there's a lot of work to be done. That doesn't elicit a lot of confidence. Yeah. I'm waiting for I'm another, like Zach McLeod, I'm in total wait and see mode just because of what we've heard. What we've heard in the past from, again, we haven't seen a practice now in more than a year. Like we didn't see any practice in the fall. Um, so we don't know what these guys look like in practice. Maybe they look great, but uh, nothing has translated so far into live game action. I'm in wait and see mode with these wide receivers until proven otherwise. But I do, I, I get the hype for Keyshawn Smith that like the fan base has. I, I get, you know, I, I love Xavier Restrepo in high school. Um, I know you loved him because he's, he's a beach boy, um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in wait and see. But but those two, I, I kind of get the hype around them. 
Um, Jeremiah Payton, another guy we just haven't heard anything about, and that's been uh, disappeared. Not gone, disappeared. I don't. Something's up with that. Michael Redding. We heard a little bit of Michael Redding, I guess. Right. So like Michael Redding, talk to us. Yeah. So oh. there's there's some guys, but again, like just uh, let me let me see it happen. Let me see it in action. Let me see the spring game. Um, let me let me let me see it before I, I totally buy in. But there are. I don't think it's actually when I wrote this question out, I thought there was no way it was going to be able to find six receivers who could play, but I've kind of talked myself into it. If you count Pope and Wiggins, um, just because, you know, incumbency veterans had their moments last year, but um, maybe they get pushed out. And ultimately that, that'd be a good thing. If the competition, if some guys move to pass them, because not that they were good last year, but they were starting wide receivers in the ACC. Um, if guys pass in the depth chart, it means you have even better starting wide receivers next year. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think like Wiggins, you know, physically big body. Yeah. Um, very nice strides, nice, you know, fluid. I, I loved watching him in some of the games, you know, that he played in a couple of years ago, Florida state and, uh, just, um, just, there were too many drops, David. I mean, this guy's dry. Yeah, and that's, and that's their last impression was that the bowl game where they were dropping bombs left and right from Nicosi. There's no way they should be doing that in the, yeah. in the game. No way. All right, uh, last one. Uh, I've got the defense written down, and and to me, the story there is not that they're they're spinning this message of hope and optimism. It's, it's that they're not no. really talking about anyone. No message. Other yeah. than Zach McLeod. You know, we've talked a little bit about Corey Flagg. I think Tyreek Stevenson is – has gotten um, some positive attention. Maybe Avante Williams is actually the guy who's gotten the most hype yeah. because yeah, he's got point. an interesting story. Um, I don't know. Right. It's, it's kind of interesting to me to like, they're just not excited about anyone. Um, so I'll ask you, is there anyone on this defense to be excited about? Um, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to Tyreek. See, that's yeah. great in the a DB, a cornerback, I guess. And, uh, um, and, you know, I am kind of excited about Avante. I forgot about him. He just brought him up. Yeah. That's kind of cool. And the guys that haven't arrived, I'm excited about. Uh, well, yeah, I think that, I think, you know, if James Williams and Leonard Taylor were on campus right now, they would be two of the biggest stories of spring. Right. I okay. yeah. Certainly I mean, James Williams, just because he's a freak. Yeah, and, and remember uh, – you know, Nesta Silvera is out yep. after shoulder surgery. Um, and, you know, we talked to John Ford today, defensive tackle. Um, but he's a he's going to be a fifth-year senior. But I don't know. There's – I I like um, Corey Flagg, but I don't know how good he is. You yeah. know, I really don't know. I like to Corey Couch a lot, but I don't – I like DeCorey Couch. I think DeCorey Couch is really good. Yeah. I, I, to, me, but, to me, the concern is kind of that the guys that we're hearing a lot about are like Corey Flagg, um, Zach yeah. McLeod, kind of like the like the guys who coaches obviously love because they're, um, you know, hard workers, like grinders, you know, Corey Flagg. Fiery, oh, fiery um, attitudes, although. You know, yeah, like, like you'd love to be hearing more about Jafari Harvey or Avery Huff or, um, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, I think we've heard a little bit about Tyreek and Tyreek is still kind of the guy that I'm probably most excited about other than like, obviously bubble Bolden's going to be really good. 
obviously like Gilbert Frierson's gonna be real. like we know we know yeah. who the good guys yeah, are. As far as you know, they're they're trying to basically they got question marks at both defensive end spots, two linebacker spots, and a cornerback spot, basically. Like yeah. we we're, we're we're waiting for answers there and we haven't gotten them yet. And that we they're not even trying to paint a picture of what this defense might look like to me. You know, there could be there, there are five different guys who I wouldn't be surprised if they start a linebacker. There are four different guys who I wouldn't be surprised if they start a defensive end. There are, you know, I think the cornerbacks we know a little bit more about, but Al Blades being out, you know, there's four potential starters at cornerback. Um, and, and I think it's pretty open. At safety, once you think of James Williams getting on campus, there's four, three guys with starting experience plus a five-star safety. Um, so, yeah, uh, I have no idea what the defense is going to look like. That just seeing what they line up with as their like starting defense in the spring game is going to be fascinating. Yeah, it is. It's it's very. I, I think it's kind of worrisome. Yeah, I, I, linebacker. They need like how are they doing in the linebacker department as far as recruiting? I don't understand why all these great linebackers aren't coming here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they. It's why they've only got one commit so far for next cycle. They're. You know, they got to get this kid from Miami Central, Wesley Basanti, in my opinion. Um, why, why wouldn't they get – why wouldn't they want – I don't know. Maybe – why wouldn't a really good linebacker want to come here and boost the – I don't know. And know that they're going to get playing time right away if they're really good. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of – that's a big cycle for, for that recruiting. Um, but – won't fix the situation this year. They, they've got to trust for these uh, young guys to, I think, take big steps. Um, or, you know, they've still got Bradley Jennings and Wayman Steed who started games last year. And again, are just two guys we've not heard a whole lot about this spring. We haven't heard a whole lot about Sam Brooks. Um, no, we haven't. No, I, no, not at all. Yeah, so, so that that's interesting that we, we haven't heard a lot um, in the spring, which is obviously the, the season of optimism. So, yeah, that's that's the in a lot of ways the biggest question we're gonna get answered. I think when we see the spring game on April seventeenth. Um, but yeah, I think we wrap things up there. Unless you got anything yeah. else. No, and then everybody's going to complain that the offense stinks. <laughs> yeah, when they don't have their starting quarterback, <laughs> like so. Right. All yeah. Right. No. No, that's that's it. I can't believe there's only four days left. You know, yeah, four so. practices left, uh, including a scrimmage on Friday. Susan will have that covered for you, and then uh, we will die. We have the spring game coming up. We got the NFL draft coming up. Um, it'll be nonstop for the next month or so here, basically, and then uh, and then we get a little bit of a, a little bit of a break once we hit the summer. Although Miami baseball's uh, getting back on track, right after Miami baseball six games six in a row. Yeah. Yeah, six games in a row, and they took care of FIU again last night. And they have some good play. They have some really good, fun, young, young players. Yeah, they're gonna be good for the next two, three years, basically. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if they can put it together by the end of this year. Maybe we'll do a bit once spring ends. Let's do a baseball update on this episode on an episode, maybe. I would love to. All right, Um, you can follow Susan on Twitter at smilleredegnan. You can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. Uh, like I said, she'll have the spring uh, scrimmage coverage on Friday um, and then obviously coverage next week leading into the spring game, which is on April 17th. Uh, thanks, as always, for listening, everyone, and we will talk to you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.